93.3 FM. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a, well, miserable Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you, talking sports for the next couple of hours here. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, here's what that looks like. We're going to start uh, with our friend Bill Bender from college, from the Sporting News, rather. He covers college football for the Sporting News. Uh, Bill will join us coming up in 25 minutes. We'll take a look at some of the bigger games this weekend, see where we're at. Uh, pick his brain a little bit, what he anticipates seeing on the most highly anticipated television program of the week. Yuck. Uh, Yuck. Uh, the uh, college football playoff rankings for the first time will be unveiled tonight, first time this year. Uh, so we'll opine on that a little bit, maybe do a little speculation. I'm guessing that'll just be Bill and I, <laughs> that part of the discussion. Least no, I'm, I'm, fine with, I'm fine with the speculation. I, I'm fine with that. My problem, more than anything, is just, hey, well, there's I have a few problems, as you know. Speculation, I love speculation. I love that part of it. But the whole pomp and circumstance, these idiots going down to Dallas, well, all that's, meeting that's together. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I that's agree. the asinine part about yeah. this. And the other thing is, week after week, they say they tear it up and they come right back to the middle. Are we going to learn anything? Because as we've seen in the past, TCU beats Iowa State by almost 60. Yeah. They drop to six. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ultimately, it doesn't matter. This is just one group at a spotlight in time. The SEC teams, three of the four, one year. They were all still going to play. Just on and on and on. That's the part of it. I like to look forward because the season doesn't end tonight. It, what? It doesn't? You mean it there's still more? There's a lot more still in front of us. I like to speculate forward. What's it going to look like when we get to December 19th? I think that's better speculation than what it's going to be tonight because tonight doesn't matter. Ultimately, we're looking towards January. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I can't uh, you know poke holes in, in any of your talking points there, but I'm going to watch nonetheless and be glued <laughs> to my team. There's no sports on tonight. That's, That's it. true, yes. And because of that, I'm probably going to watch this stupid thing. Well, here's the other thing. What, what are you going to bet on tonight? Not just you, but people like Can I bet on this? I don't think Probably so. offshore I could. There's, I mean, is is there anything on your William Hiller DraftKings app? For, oh, I'm sure there's tonight? some tennis or soccer or oh something like God, that. You're reaching that low. You oh, really I'm not. Don't. I'm not going to fire. No, I know. One eight hundred bets off. One eight hundred bets off. If if indeed you're looking for that, because you know what, there's so much coming up uh, this weekend. And Bill Bender will be here to talk about some of those college football games at ten twenty five. Speaking of betting on sports, well, we just were Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Normally he's with us on Thursday, but we're not going to be here on Thursday. Nobody's going to be here on Thursday. Lee will join us at 10 minutes before 11. He's got, I think I saw five games mm-hmm. on the uh, slate, none of which are Thanksgiving games, uh, but he's got a slate of games he will opine with with us. He's had a terrific year of credit where credit is due. Uh, I certainly can't say that about everybody in his profession, but Lee's having a very good year for his clients. Uh, Cappy, 
Yes, I know Cappy's normally here on Wednesday, but we are pushing th- things around tomorrow. We want tomorrow to be give our last look uh, to the two needle movers, Iowa and Iowa State, and that'll be Tom Cakert and Dave Sproul. Uh, so Cappy's going to join us today at 11.05. We'll talk about the Bears and the Packers, the latest on the Cubs. Jed Hoyer had his first press conference in his newly minted role. See if anything came out of that. It certainly sounds like uh, you're going to have to buy a lineup card the first time you get to Wrigley Field because maybe, just maybe, uh, Cubs fans are uh, not bracing themselves but looking forward to, I think, a number of changes as they... I don't want to say it. take a knife to cut that uh, a roster apart, but there's going to be some changes. And then Tommy Birch is going to slide in here. Normally it's Zubin Mahente, but we thought we'd go around the world of Iowa sports and Des Moines with Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register. Lots to talk about. I was gone last week. I never had a chance to opine on the on the Buccaneers arena that's mm-hmm. going to move into Merle Hay Road. Field of Dreams MLB game is back on for next year. It came out yesterday. What's it going to look downtown at Principal Park? Will we be having baseball downtown at Principal Park uh, in 2021? Now, I thought, just a, uh, just a note on that, did when when the major league baseball schedule came out mm-hmm. last week at some point um that they're going to try for april the 1st i thought that at the end of the announcement there was something pursuant to minor league baseball with their contingency plans um surrounding the start of their season that they want to start in may with camp and maybe start scheduled some games in June. Did you see that? I didn't know. So does that mean that these guys, after they break camp, the guys that are in Major that's, League that's Camp... That's a great point, because they're going to be with them. Are, are they just going to hang out then at the facility? Or here's the thing, Trent. Maybe they want to cut down on how many people are in the facility. Sure. So instead of Minor League Camp on other fields, where mm-hmm. the Major League players are doing their thing, maybe it's just Major League players in March. Yeah. And then once they clear out and head north... Then the minor leaguers take over. I mean, in in these times, I could see that. So normally, in a normal camp, when it starts, what is there, 60, 70 guys kind of all told that begin camp? Yeah. You got your 40-man roster. roster invitees. Yep. And then those guys, yeah, Mm -hmm. non-roster invitees. Young guys that are going to be part of it, but not right. are major league ready. They always at least start in camp. And right, then they because they want to you know, get to yeah. kick the tires, get a feel for what major league camp is going to be before right. they get assigned to their minor league camp. So that number just drops to the 40-man roster and maybe good, good question. 45, yeah, you know, something question. in that range. Yeah. Probably would make a whole lot of sense. And then those young guys, not going to get that opportunity to, to practice with the major leaguers. But, yeah, a lot of speculation how that's going to look. That's interesting, though. I think that makes a lot of sense for minor league baseball to push things back mm-hmm. as far as possible because there's no TV. Yes. There's no TV money. Yeah. The radio money is small. Minuscule. And here's the thing with the radio money. It's all make good from last year. Oh, absolutely. Because they cashed checks for 2020. And Mm -hmm. now those advertisers, those loyal people that are with them, billboards that surround Mm -hmm. the outfield, those have all been paid for. And I doubt that they were, they were probably credited. Now, I guess I shouldn't say that. Did, did some teams say, no, we're going to use this to 2021? Or would some teams say, we'll give you an option if you right. want a refund? I mean, I don't know the particulars. But uh, it certainly won't be to the extent that it once was in previous years. Well, let's just hope we can get a yeah, full sure. principal park for a lot of games this summer. Yeah, even though I don't go to a lot of games. In fact, I hardly go anymore at all. It's because you couldn't go. Yeah. Kind of made you feel like, boy, I want to go. Right. <laughs> right. And there's so much of that. I, once 
once the vaccine is widely available, once yeah. we're able to to return to normalcy, just so many just little things. It, Golfing with my buddies, you know, mm-hmm. just getting together and getting on an airplane and flying to Vegas yes. and not worrying about a damn thing other than drinking beer and firing at sports and horses. That sounds wonderful. And having a great dinner yes. and then rinse and repeat and do it again the next day. I had Chris Anders on last week when you were sick. Yeah. And, uh, and then we were just kind of joking about that. Chris actually had COVID. I know. And he you know, did. his health kids are not good. But he said the first four days, three, four days were awful. And then snap of a finger, he was fine. Awesome. And, when I heard that, it was incredibly concerning because some of the health issues that he has had. But uh-huh. he said, uh, well, come out here. As always, rooms are on me. I said, don't worry, you'll make it back. You always do. Yeah. But uh, I, that's the first thing. I mean, I get the vaccine, all right, you know, six weeks, whatever it turns out to be before you get that second dose and away you go. That's one of the first things I want to do. And me just, too. And then the little things and going to dinner yep. and, and sitting Driving down. to Chicago and staying at the Drake Hotel. Yeah. And it's just, I just I miss Chicago so much. There's so many of those hey. things that are just going to be folks, great. Soon, yes. Soon. Fingers crossed. We're going to get Absolutely. There. Third vaccine uh, came forward, I think, over the weekend. AstraZeneca, I believe, is the okay. company. Uh, anyway. By the way, on Vegas, just real quick, do mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of hotels that are shut down? They're open, but are shut down from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They're Thursday uh-huh. through Sunday propositions, which is kind of weird. It is. Because these are, and we're not talking about, you know, off the strip hotel. We're talking about major, major, Mirage, mm-hmm. um, Encore, which is the one right next to the win. It's the split of the win, if you will. Uh, really nice property. And um, just there's a ton of them that just, there's no business on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. So soon, my friend, soon. <laughs> Uh, there's a buzz out there, a little Twitter rumor chatter that I don't know what to make of it. And the reason I bring it up is because Mike Rose is such a great player. He's incredible. <laughs> and there's a little bit of buzz that that um, that he might not be able to answer the bell on, on Friday. Now, I don't remember him coming off the field. I know that, you know, toward the end of the game, obviously, I was at State was in a position to... Mm-hmm. To, to play the backups, right? To start going down the depth chart a little bit to the twos and the threes. But he's on, on a team that is, has a really good defense, right? Iowa State. He's the ringleader of it all. This is this is the best player on a defense that has some best players, some good players. Uh, and, and we hope certainly there's nothing to it because you know I'll leave this to clone fans what they believe if they believe that this is their biggest game in. I don't know, fill in the blank, decades, whatever that number would be, and to do so without Mike Rose, if that's the case, if that's the case, and we'll talk to Tommy Birch about it because I saw him was he I saw it with on his Twitter feed first. You know, he answers those questions mm-hmm. when Tommy's, I guess his son is in bed and his <laughs> wife's at work or whatever, and he's sitting there looking for something to do. He questions uh, is what he asks his Twitter followers, and they fire back, and that was one of them. And um, so I saw it there first, and then I did a little digging around and. I reached out to some of state folks that I thought would know the answer to that. And of course, they don't um, have anything more. On, but we'll see. That's one to file away. So if that is the case, and Mike Rose isn't able to go for Iowa State, Hummel, Vance, mm-hmm. and who's the third? Uh, on the depth chart, it's Eric Horn. He's yeah. listed and as he played, Mike Rose's back. Yeah, he played 20 played last week. Uh, we, we've seen uh, Deshaun Davis, who I think they mm-hmm. really, really like. Not real big, though. No, more he's of not. A will. So. Yep. If it's Davis, you'd probably keep him on at the will on the weak side, 
and move Hummel over to the strong side, Rose's position? Yes, I would think that that would be the case. So if Davis is the yep. guy over Horn, you'd have a little, and then you're talking about guys moving yep. positions. And, and Trent, let's, um, obviously, we hope that this is wrong. Right, yes. But yes. It's not like I want to see can, Mike Rose out there. It's not like you can pick up the phone and call Matt Campbell and ask him. Or if there's a teleconference or a press conference at some point in the next couple of days, A, it will, won't get asked because I think Iowa State beat reporters are tired of asking the questions and are knowing that they're not going to get a truthful answer. It's, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to uh, disclose. No, there's, there's no injury report. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you may as well you get tired after a while of, you know what, into the wind. Could you do that, or could you play two linebackers at an extra safety against Tech? Probably not against Texas, right? No, because Ellinger's such a he's threat a to run the football, Trent. That and that he does that. Dude's that. thighs. Oh I mean, my he's god, just, he's big. Yes, yes, lower body. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, so you can't play that direction. So yeah, it's going to have to be a third linebacker. That's the way you're mm-hmm. going to have to play. Or do you add more four man fronts and go that direction? They have so much depth up front uh-huh. too. Maybe this is a game where you head that direction. Yeah, then. Maybe. So what do you think in a 4-2-5 situation? Yeah, something like that. I could see that. I could see. Because Texas, got, you would think that they have some athletes, but it's like the, the, the biggest threat on that offense is the fellow that's under center, and he's been there for a while. We've joked about this for a while now, throughout this season, where Tom Herman and company, that program would be oh. without Ellinger. Oh, you just put a a normal standard college football quarterback mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. because Ellinger's special. Yes, and with the deficiencies that they have, he covers up a lot of warts. No question on that program. I don't think Tom Herman would be there right now. I don't think he would have. Well, got there's people year. that don't want him there anymore right. any, any longer, and especially if this one doesn't go their way. Look there. Um, the, the, here's the. Thing. And I don't know if it's the beauty if you're an Iowa State fan. It isn't the beauty. But this thing is so wide open, Trent. Mm-hmm. You could put a bunch of teams in a hat right now that are all. Seemingly, prior to this weekend, you got Texas, you got Iowa State, you got Oklahoma, you got Oklahoma State. All four of those teams figured that they control their own destiny. Iowa State absolutely does. You know, beat Texas, beat West Virginia. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're going to play on December the 19th in whatever the stadium is called to play that hosted the World Series because that's where the game is. It's the same as the other one. The, the, Globe Life? Globe Life, and then there's Globe Life 2. Okay. There's Globe Life, the original, yeah. and then the brand new building where the World Series was is also Globe Life. Naming rights. Probably bought a 20-year deal. And they're getting their money's worth, yes. I guess. So that that's probably has something to do with it. All right, just real quick, because we didn't... Look, we got to play the hits on Monday, right? And the hits mm-hmm. are Iowa and Iowa State. We hardly touched on the... Uh, we got to give the Ankeny Hawks their due. And oh, I'm sure yes. that that'll yeah. come up a little bit later on with Tommy Birch as well. And I want to get to Mitchell Moore, because Trent... In fact, let's start there. Yeah. Uh, what he meant to this Roosevelt program and resurrecting this Roosevelt program. Like I've always had a soft spot for the city schools when I used to be more involved covering high school sports in my in you know previous uh, years of my career, um, and always rooted for the city schools. And it seemed like. And look, East has certainly had their moments. There's no doubt about that. Lincoln as well. Say what you want about Mahalovich. Uh, didn't end well there, but he certainly had the team playing well over the years. Um, but Roosevelt had a pulse. And Roosevelt, for the first time in a long time, I think, had a belief. And I truly believe, look, I don't think they're going to win a state title. Let's not get crazy. But they certainly had the feel of 
of an up-and-coming team. You saw a lot of Roosevelt. I know you know Coach Moore. Mm-hmm. It's hard to come away from a conversation with this guy not feeling like, oh, my God, uh, have they ever got the right guy to to lead this program? And now he's heading east, and I'm not faulting him one bit. No. Not one bit. I don't want anyone to take that as my takeaway from this. But Roosevelt's, that's a blow. It, it is. And, you know, this goes back now a couple of coaching hires. Eric Link, who... Got a job at the college level. He left, and I think is that the kid who came from uh, the guy that came, not the kid the guy who came from Lincoln. There was a kid, a guy that came from Lincoln. I don't, I don't think I don't that's think where that's he was. His, and I, I yeah. can't think of his name. He went down. I think it was Southern Mississippi. Got a job as a coach mm-hmm. on the field coach at, at Southern Mississippi. Of course, you're going to take that job and get into the college ranks. But he had at least started the process of Roosevelt, and then Mitch shows up. And the first time we met Mitch. He came in here to the studio. He was in yep. with Tim, Tim and Tavian one day. Yep. And uh, that was a lot of fun to get to know him and just hear him talk football. And not just football, but building a program mm-hmm. and, and doing it at the school. Roosevelt is so different than any of the other city schools. East is the biggest. North, Hoover, smallest. And by the way, North putting a bunch of money into a new weight room. Did you see those pictures? Which is great to Absolutely see. Absolutely love it. But Roosevelt has this confluence of the Drake neighborhood, South of Grand, uh-huh. it is just a melting pot that you don't see really in any other school, probably in Iowa, right? Where you have this big of, take your word for that. of gap when you're talking about socioeconomic, uh-huh. and you put that together, and, and you you build a program. And I think if there is a program of the city schools that can get to a high level, let's not say win a state championship, but make a run, you know, yeah. get to the quarterfinals, I think Roosevelt is the most realistic of the five city schools to get that done at least in today's environment, and to have the right guy and to have it taken away because of a pissing match between a superintendent mm-hmm. and a governor mm-hmm. and the ideas of Des Moines, big city school, and there are there are huge differences between them and the suburban schools and Osage and Carroll <laughs> right. and Martinsville, St. Mary's. Yes, it is completely different for these city schools compared to in the district as a whole, compared to a lot of the other places that we grow up. But the frustrating part to me is they had the right guy. Yep. We were going to be able to see if it can work. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that gets done. He is a guy that can motivate, that can get, most importantly, guys out. He was working to develop those youth programs at a higher level. Everybody has youth programs, but you also have to be able to do it right. They had the guy. And yep. now when he looked around and he saw the administration says... It's an extracurricular, which it is, but we know at a lot of other schools, it's more than just an extracurricular. And he said, I'm going to take a shot at a place that still has many of the same concerns. You look at the Iowa City District, they have much of similar of the city schools now with Iowa City, City High, where he's going. They've opened the third high school. That's Liberty. That is where all the money is gone. That is where everybody mm. has moved to. That is where all the new developments are. It was Coralville for a long time. That's why Iowa City West, you saw the strength of those programs across the board. And now it's becoming Iowa City Liberty as more and more that migration is continuing northward aware of that. in Iowa City. That is baking City High. It's the older place. It's the older school. It's the, the one that doesn't have the same amount of wealth. He's going to have big hurdles in front of him at City High. But I think more than anything... And this is just speculation. I haven't talked to Mitch since the uh, the decision for him to take the job at City High. But I think more than anything, he wants administration that has his back. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he felt like he had that at Des Moines. At Des Moines Public. Right. Be- uh, that's very interesting. So do you think if 
That's just speculation. If they played this year, yeah, you know, if the green light would have been given and the city schools could participate, and there wasn't that pissing match that you referred to, you think he's still there? Yeah, I do. Wow, I do. I think if they would have ultimately, yes, we're gonna much like Iowa City. Remember, they were off for two weeks. Yeah, the Iowa City schools. Yep. they were off for a couple of weeks, but they came back. So did Ames. Absolutely. So if I think it would have played out that direction. I think Mitch would still be the coach there. Isn't that something? Because they wanted to. I mean, they were going to play North, remember, after they... they, That Tuesday. That Tuesday. I was going to broadcast it. Yes. Oh, that's that's too bad. Well, congratulations to him. I saw a picture of the campus. I'd never seen the school before. Mm -hmm. It's big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy mackerel. Yeah, City High. A bunch of my buddies uh, went to City High from when I was at Iowa. One of my buddies on the dorm floor was an Iowa City kid, went to City High, so we got to know a lot of Iowa City people there. And we're talking 22 years ago now, but just how different also that has changed and shifted. There was no liberty, and at the time, West was terrible before Reese Morgan got there and turned them around and before he got the job at the University of Iowa. But it's funny, just you see the demographics, and we get so intertwined of what happens here in ours, but there is a lot more going on across the state. There's a great thread in our uh, favorite Hawkeye website, Halo, talking about the discrepancy. City High was the last team for the east side of the state to win a 4A title. 11 years ago now. It's been that long. 2009. Oh, look at, you forget. I mean, Darling's <laughs> right, right. They had seven. And Ankeny bookends them, right? Because yeah. before the, they went on the run, the last yep. team was Joel Lanning's team. There was, yep. Before that, it was Dowling again, and then Valley in 2010. Uh-huh. You have to go back to 2009, City High. But Bettendorf, that is changing in the Quad Cities. We saw Pleasant Valley make the run this year to the semifinals. And many people believe PV is going to be the team that you're going to have to look at, look at as opposed to to them. Cedar Rapids. Remember when Washington was really good? Yes, I do. And, and now they're not. Yeah. And now it's been, we've seen Prairie make some runs. We've seen Jefferson make a couple of runs. So, And Kennedy, who I think made the championship game, I think it was three years Don't ago, recall. four years ago, and a big part of that, Sean Beyer, the Hawkeye tight end, was a, a big piece of that. But just how cities change, demographic changes, and, and then we're going to be seeing it here next year with Waukee Northwest mm-hmm. opening up. Ankeny, Third high school within a decade? Oh, I would imagine, Trent. I mean, it's, it's just grow, it continues to grow. It's amazing. Now it's growing to the uh, uh, the northwest, where mm-hmm. the, the part of Ankeny around, I, I, for the longest time, lived by Ank- Ankeny uh, Golf Club Yeah, um, on the backside of the John Deere plant. And there was nothing out there. Yeah. Now they put, they put First Street all the way through, and they've just, oh, it's just taken off like crazy. So real quick, uh, just a, a minute on this. I, I, I thought... Um, I thought at Southeast Polk was probably going to win the football game that I tuned in to watch <laughs> on Friday right night. Right there with you, Trent. They got ran out of the run out of the building. Well, and the biggest part was both teams have good skill position players, mm-hmm. but I thought line play was going to be the difference. It was. And Ankeny's line just outplayed them. They did. And early on, they Caggi- quicked them, I thought. Yes. Caggiano made a couple plays early for mm-hmm. Southeast Polk, who just had ridiculous numbers this year. Like, almost 40 tackles for loss yeah, and 15 he, sacks. He made, a, he made it a shoestring tackle at one point he in that did. football game. Just like, holy mackerel, what a play. He's going to D2. I think Central Missouri, something it's like gotta that. It's got to be a size thing, right? I would get But he's 6'4", 230 in high school. Is he really? Well, he's bigger than I thought. Yeah. I, I just... I've watched this guy. I ended up doing... I think six Southeast Polk, Southeast Polk games all told. That guy, not a D1 player. I don't know. I, I Again, I'm not a scout. I don't do this for a living, but that guy looks like a kid mm. that can help out in Iowa, Iowa State to me. And maybe he does. I mean, I'm sure there's preferred walk-on opportunities, but you got a scholarship, you take it. 
But, uh, yeah, the, the, the line play for Ankeny was outstanding. I gave our Roshan Corporation hard hat player of the game to the whole offensive line. Did you? <laughs> whole offensive line won it. Probably because deserved it. they played at that level. Arlen Bruce was a stud. Yep. And now how is he going to be used at Iowa? How do you use Great that question. kind of talent? You, you've got, here's the thing, Trent. They've got options. Mm-hmm. They've got options. And we've seen more and more you know, the Jets Because he can sweep. do a lot of things. Yes. He is not strictly just a slot receiver uh-uh. or a small running back and kind of a scat back, if you will. Get the ball in that dude's hands. He can make plays, and he did again. Championship, another mm. one. Number three for the Yankee Hawks. Uh, we are late. Do you, do you want to do our Urology Center of Iowa audio cut? We'll get to that a little All later. Right, let's we'll do put that. that on the back burner, but thank you again to the Urology Center of Iowa. Um, I'm sure it'll come from Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see what your cut's going to be tomorrow. Maybe it will be the unveiling of the top four teams. Ah. Uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News joins us next. Uh, Lee Sterling coming up at 10 minutes before 11. Cappy's here this morning for you fans of Chicago sports. He'll join us at 11.05. Then Tommy Birch from the Register. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 010. details. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KX and And now on 106.3 FM, this is KX and Back, Miller and Con to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0106.3 FM. Lee Sterling coming up in 20 minutes. David Kaplan and Tommy Birch in hour number two. Right now, he's our friend Bill Bender. Covers college football for the Sporting News. Uh, he joins us here on a Tuesday. First of all, Bill, thank you for being flexible here for Trent and myself. Uh, how are you, Bill Bender? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. No, listen, appreciate it. Love this segment on a weekly basis. Want to look back, Bill, before we look forward, just to get kind of, you know, a couple of your takeaways from this past weekend, uh, a weekend that certainly had a, a boatload of very important games, a couple in the Big Ten, uh, one in the Big 12, is seemingly whoever won Bedlam was going to take a step forward, the Pac-12 starting to sort itself out. But let's go to your neck of the woods. Uh, Ohio State Fields didn't have his best game or was that basically a product of Indiana having a pretty good game plan to try and shut down that Ohio State offense and what turned out to be a uh, real back-and-forth football game? Well, I mean, it was shows Indiana's tough. And, you know, they came back in the second half after getting punched in the mouth and showed Ohio State's probably got some work to do on their back end before they play a college football playoff contender. But they're still... And they still won the game. I thought they got cute with their play calling at times. And um, Justin Fields may have pressed a little bit, but they get out with a win, and there's really not a team left on the schedule that's going to beat them, in my opinion. I mean, it'd be between Illinois and Michigan State and Michigan, I, I just don't see that happen. We get, pretty good bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we get Penn State-Michigan this week. Just a quick hit on both those programs. 0-5 Penn State-Michigan mm. survives Rutgers. Yes, Rutgers. Those two programs and the future for both uh, both the coaches. Franklin, he's going to be fine. He just got a contract extension. It's a bad year. But your thoughts on Harbaugh on that side, too? Well, I mean, it would have been a little bit different had they lost the game, I think. But the fact that they were able to pull that out. And I think they're going to beat Penn State on Saturday. And a game that I honestly blanked that it wasn't even on the schedule because I kind of just looked at the top 25 and mm-hmm. go from there. Um which is wild to think that neither one of those teams will be in that. But, you know, it's going to be – if I had to bet, I know Franklin's going to be back. 
regardless of what happens. They'd have to go 0-8, and, and even then, I still think he'll be back given the extension he signed. And pretty sure Jim Harbaugh is going to be back as well. I just don't know if Don Brown will be with him. Mm. Yeah, interesting. That uh, doesn't appear to be uh, a relationship that maybe not much longer of uh, once we get through December. Uh, let, but let's go to the Big Ten West, Bill, because uh, I was dead wrong on on uh, Wisconsin and Northwestern. I thought Wisconsin. I've, I've, I'm in love with Gray Mertz's arm. I, I think he's going to be a real pain in the you know what for teams in the Big Ten West before his career uh, comes to an end. He'd looked so good. But Northwestern in that defense, they had a game plan. Uh, look, we saw Northwestern's defense first, um, you know, against Iowa. Um, they're obviously very good, but I thought Wisconsin was a different level, Bill. It surprised me. Yeah, they're, they're good. And they're good at keeping things in front. Pat does an excellent job of getting them to play up. I know a lot was made of the Reese Davis's comment, but I mean, that's something they can galvanize around. He does is a fantastic job. And it's not a surprise. I mean, they were in the Big Ten Championship two years ago. Mm-hmm. Peyton Ramsey's played well at quarterback. I guess what would surprise me is if they got to Indy and we saw a different result against the Buckeyes. But I think that's the direction we're headed, and you got to give them credit for shutting down Wisconsin. Yeah, and uh, a defense that has played at such a high level. It's incredible to watch this team. Now, matching up with Ohio State, you got to score. you got to take shots up the field. Do they have the wide receivers to be able to do that? Crystal ball, what we see December 19th, Northwestern Ohio State. Is it a game? Yeah, probably very similar to the last one. Maybe a little bit of a less margin mm. of victory, but... But Ohio State, I just don't know how you stop that offense consistently. you got two NFL receivers on the outside. Garrett Wilson's special, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their running game's starting to go. And when Justin Fields is playing within himself, they're borderline unstoppable. So, I mean, if I was handicapping a score on that, it'd probably be like 34-24, something, 34-20, maybe mm-hmm. 41-27, something like that. But it'll be on Northwestern to stay focused and trying to get there. Uh, one more look back before we look forward, Bill. Pretty good slate of games this weekend. Obviously, I want to pick your brain on what's going to happen at 11 o'clock our time in Austin with Iowa State and Texas colliding. But, you know, regarding the uh, the Big 12, it certainly looks like Oklahoma's a different football team now that Stevenson's back in and he's toting the mail and uh, putting up the number of yards that he is on the ground. Give Spencer Rattler a running game, as it appears that Lincoln Riley has been able to do. This is a different offense. Oklahoma looks like the Oklahoma team that a lot of th- thought what happened uh, back in uh, in October while well, they've arrived have they not sure have and you know I think that's going to continue and they, they're a really good team um, and I think they're almost you got to look at them in some ways as the favorite to win the big 12 at this point if they can continue to win um, and, and I think the running game has been a difference and again I, I pointed to the pressure gets off sometimes you know they lost those two games early everything bottomed out and i think it was able lincoln riley spencer rattler some of those young playmakers were kind of able to reset and and they've been very good since that was an impressive victory against oklahoma state before we get into the games a game we didn't see last weekend florida state clemson clemson was there ready to go but a symptomatic uh, carrier of covid was on the plane florida state said no and now we got a pissing match between a couple of coaches Dabo, what are you doing? You're, you're, you've got a program that is running at a high level. What is happening here? Why the continued, they were scared to play us lines? 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it may be because they know that they've got to get these games in to be on equal par with Miami, to mm. be on with par with Notre Dame, or maybe Miami. Miami's been wiped out a little bit the last couple weeks as well. But, you know, it is – got to be careful with that just because, again, you know, we were talking about before the break about Thanksgiving plans and how you have to alter those things. I think when anything with COVID, you have to be careful – with your wording, with your tact, and, and you have to respect that everybody does think differently, and that, that transcends from school to school. That said, Trent, if they play, I think Clemson might try to score 100. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be fun to watch. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is coming out in the yeah, fourth right. quarter. We'll, we'll see. Bill, let's go forward to this weekend, and let's uh, start with uh, the, the first game of the weekend. Okay, I get there's a couple on Thursday night, but they don't move the needle, certainly here. Like Iowa State and Texas will. Uh, a lot of clone fans feel this is Iowa State's biggest game in their football history. Hard to argue against that, although, you know, for their sake, I hope there's more in the weeks ahead. Uh, but Texas and Sam Ellinger, uh, they haven't played in three weeks. Iowa State coming off a pounding of K-State. Bill, this is huge, obviously, for the clones as they try to punch their ticket to the Big 12 championship game, which is rarefied air for Iowa State. How do you see this game, Bill? Yeah, um, you know, a chance to sweep Texas and Oklahoma in the same season. They've set themselves up for that. They've had a heck of a year. Brock Purdy, I mean, I didn't see that coming last week, the way they beat up on Kansas State. So, yeah, as long as that continues, they'll have a chance to win. I think it's going to be a close game. You've got two, I think, honestly, as far as this weekend schedule goes, the two best games are on Friday. That's one of them. Um, you know, with those two, I think it's going to be a close game. And looking forward to it. I, I think I picked Iowa State, but don't hold me to that. Our picks are up. Yesterday, I think I flip-flopped so many times between <laughs> Texas and Iowa State that I am not 100% sure who I picked. So the second best game that day, are you looking at Notre Dame-North Carolina or a Pac-12 game? Notre Dame-North Carolina, yeah. for sure. Two good quarterbacks yeah. in Chapel Hill. Notre Dame's got to stay. You know, I'm feeling if there's a surprise tonight, the rankings, maybe Notre Dame's ranked number one because wow. I know how they operate with that, and they may operate off the fact they have the best win. You know, mm. Clemson, they mm-hmm. may put them number one. Don't be surprised if it happens. Um, and that's the pressure is going to start to build on the Irish, and that's a tough spot. But good quarterbacks on both sides. Looking forward to sitting down and watching that one. And uh, certainly could be the best game of the weekend. Yeah, 2.30 kickoff for that one. Looking forward to it in Chapel Hill. Noon kickoff on Friday, Iowa-Nebraska. Story isn't about the Hawkeyes in three in a row. It is Nebraska. Finally get a win. It was against Penn State, now 0-5 Penn State. And then look the way they did against Illinois. Your thought on Scott Frost's program? It's like the old Paul Abdul song, you know, two steps forward, two steps back. (laughs) It just hasn't worked. I can't believe I just did that. I'm sorry. But, um, um, you know, it's it, it really is. And, you know, maybe one step forward, one step back would be a better way to put it. But, yeah, I mean, in, in that game, there's, there's obviously been some heat to it in recent seasons, close games, and, you know, an opportunity for Nebraska to really win because I think that's where he's been judged on the most is the losses to Iowa and Wisconsin. And with all due respect to Minnesota and Northwestern, you, you, the physical teams in the conference are, are – Year in, year out, it's Iowa, Wisconsin. Now Northwestern's worked themselves into that conversation. But Nebraska's got to start beating these teams before they even think about what's next. It seems like there's a huge gap between where they're at and those other three, Mm -hmm. Trent. 
It's incredible. Yeah. It really is. Uh, Bill, just, just just real quick, I want to, because uh, your bowl rankings have come out, and look, I click on them. I, I love uh, speculation about who's going where, and of course, your eye, my, at least my eye moves, first of all, to the two local teams. Um, what's the likelihood, Bill? I'm convinced, look, the New Year's Six is going to happen, but what's the likelihood that these some of these other games come off? What are you hearing about bowl games and the likelihood that we're going to uh, be treated to some of those around Christmas? Well, you know, I kind of joke every week that my bull projections are 100% accurate, and the reason why is because I have no clue, honestly, with with the the matchups themselves. I mean, because they, I think they this year in particular, there will be a lot more creativity in terms of bull ties from conference to conference, from schools that choose to play that don't. Geography is going to play a major factor in a lot of games. So, for example, like UCF and FAU could absolutely end up in the Boca Raton Bowl. Um, but hopefully we get as many of them in as we can. And obviously with teams that, you know, the NCAA waiving the record requirement and all that stuff, they're a giant headache to put together. Mm-hmm. But I think, to your point, you start with New Year's Day 6 and you kind of work your, work your way to the outside from there. Least build up for an Iron Bowl in Ever. how long? I, even the years where Auburn's down, it feels like there's a lot more buzz. It's just another... Casualty of 2020, the excitement for the Iron Bowl? Well, I think most of us are just assuming Alabama's going to win. They won the last four in Tuscaloosa Iron Bowls. Uh, the last time Auburn beat them was the Cam back, back there in mm-hmm. 10. And, uh, wow. it, so it's been a while. And um, I think Alabama, the way they looked against Kentucky, they look very machine-like as usual. I, I think I've said this on your show a few times. I actually believe they like, if it's possible for a national title team that's really awesome to go under the radar, Alabama's kind of pulling it off very nicely this year. Think about that. Mm-hmm. So, so Bill, what will we see tonight? Um, if you're right, and I can certainly see that, that's a great point you made about the best win. I mean, they beat Clemson. So, you, so Notre Dame, Alabama, Ohio State, can we all agree on those three? If you're, if you're right, Bill, on Notre Dame one, and I'm going to believe you are, who's four? I mean, the Pac-12 hasn't played enough, I don't think, yet. Do you slide Clemson back in there? Or can you make a case that, look, Oregon, even though they don't have a ton of games, they passed the eye test. I'm going to put up a Twitter poll when I get off the phone of who's going to be number one, and let's see if Twitter's right. Um, four, five, six, if I have to call it, and you guys can hold me accountable as usual, um, I'm going to say Clemson will be four. Five will probably be Texas A&M yeah. because they beat Florida. And I know just from like talking to I've done that mock committee exercise thing. That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I know the committee likes to emphasize the head-to-head win. So I think a&M might be five, Florida six. And then, you know, my my thing that I'm watching, where are they putting the Bearcats? Mm-hmm. Like, are they putting the Bearcats like 10 and 11? Are they going to do the right thing and put them in that seventh spot? Are we going to see Cincinnati-BYU play? I, you might in the New Year's Day six. Okay, but not before uh, that? It'd be cool if they did. I don't yeah. think Cincinnati should is going to risk it. But it could. Um and it'd be awesome if they did because it would generate a ton of talk, and it would show that the group of five and BYU are willing to risk that and put that out there to, to make a playoff case because this is the year to do it. Yep. So, but I think Fickle and Cincinnati, their pro, their focus is going to continue to be trying to win that conference. And remember, they got to play Tulsa in there too. 
Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, we're going to play out with a little Paula Abdul. Very rarely do we get a Paula Re- Abdul reference here on the program. Which is fine appreciate by me. That. I had a crush on her as a teenager. It's okay. You guys as, are great. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, Bill, happy Thanksgiving to you. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thank you, Bill. Hey, sounds great. Thanks so much. Good to talk to you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Little Paula Abdul to serenade. We all had a crush on her. See, I missed that face. He did. I think so, yeah. She should have been in your wheelhouse. Late 80s, early 90s. Is that what she was? Yes. Lakers dancer. Turned pop star. She did. What was her first song? Straight Up. Straight Up. Straight Up. Uh, quarter two, the hour of 11, 1045. Lee Sterling will opine. He's from ParamountSports.com, Miller and Condon, till noon. We're trying to keep the audience trip. Maybe we should this is, her this down is pulling a little people bit. in. We're, we're getting the female demographic today. I'm all for it. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. I'm for details. Is this better than Paula Abdul? Yeah, just a touch. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Yeah, just by a hair. Eric Clapton, uh, Paul Abdul. Right. One of these things doesn't belong here. Uh, Lee Sterling belongs with us. In fact, he's with us. How about that? It's ParamountSports.com. Uh, you can't say this very often about Lee Sterling. A disappointing week last weekend on what had been a terrific year. Week after week, seeming. You were due, Lee. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, when you pick, I mean, we got to pick the games. Um, actually, had a winning week for my clients. Sometimes it's reversed. Sometimes we win for the show. But I'm gonna always pick the games your your listeners wanna you know want to hear about. Well, Lee, we got a lot of good games this week. A five pack that you got for us. Let's start in the college ranks. Game number one here. I'm intrigued by this one. Oklahoma going to West Virginia. Deggie's a nice quarterback. This defense for West Virginia, I think, has played at a real high level with Neil Brown and company. Getting ten and a half at home. What do you see, Sooners in West Virginia? Okay, so you got a five and three team, West Virginia, home dog, looking for revenge. It was the worst loss in Neil Brown and his staff's year one uh, season. They they were dropped fifty two to fourteen. Now here's something crazy. They are now plus 246 in net yardage, improving from 2019. How does that work out? They are gaining 121 more yards per game on offense and giving up 125 fewer yards on defense. One of the biggest improvements I've ever seen. Um, they've allowed about a touchdown per game less than the Sooners, and the Sooners are hitting the road after another bedlam. A touchdown, it seems like. Uh, workhorse, uh, Letty Brown rested. Uh, I think it's important. I think they're going to run him 25 to 30 times in this game here. And the West Virginia defense allowing only 4.4 yards per play. Uh, I think they can make some stops against a good sooner offense and, and keep the number, uh, of series here, you know, series down in a low range here. Um, weather could be a factor. It could be low to mid thirties for the game, which certainly probably help West Virginia. I think they went outright. I think they pulled the stunner. What thirty one twenty eight? How about that? Oh. 
Boy, that would certainly throw us a monkey wrench into the Big 12. Uh, interestingly, boy, I hope you're right. Uh, let's go to uh, Northwestern coming off a huge, huge win over Wisconsin. They'll hit the road, go to East Lansing to take on a eh, Michigan State team. Oh, uh, Northwestern's a 12-point favorite. Uh, letdown coming, Lee? I don't think so. You, you know why? Because they play defense, and they're consistent. I think Michigan, Michigan State, if they're smart, they they make make a change here at quarterback. I think they go if they go. If I'm the coach, I go to Peyton Thorn. I you got to start looking to the future here. I mean, they've been hurt by injuries, opt outs, transfer portal, and then on top of that, poor quarterback play. Um, Northwestern's defense almost second to none, allowing just twelve. Point six points per game. They're two linebackers. You want to talk about making plays? Mm-hmm. Blake Gallagher and Patty Fisher have 46 and 48 tackles mm-hmm. this year, and they're looking for revenge for last year's uh, Michigan State 31-10. When I, I, I'm going to go with the Wildcats. They stand beaten here and cover 31-10. Going to lay the big number with the Wildcats. Yep. Let's go to Black Friday. Start over in Iowa City. The Hawkeyes a two-touchdown favorite against Nebraska. It's a big number. This game's come down to a field goal the last couple of years, though Iowa has the edge with five straight victories. What do you see with the Hawkeyes and the Cornhuskers? Well, I think Scott Frost is not going to bring out the black shirts uh, no. too early again. <laughs> that was a huge mistake. Uh-huh. I mean, it was like, and, and, and a couple of people say to me, do you like Nebraska because they're, they're bringing out the black shirts? I'm like, no, you know, the shirts are not going to make the player, um, you know, might be, might last a, a play or two or a series, but not much more than that. It's like announcing, oh, we're going to bring back the 20th anniversary of a championship team. Um, the, the turnovers, that's the problem for Nebraska here. That, that reared their ugly head against Illinois, and they had trouble against top-line talent. I mean, uh, Illinois has some players at skill positions here, so... Um, uh, both these teams are gaining almost the same amount of yards per game. Nebraska 375, Iowa 373. Um, but the problem here is Iowa's defense is allowing only 4.3 yards per play and Nebraska 5.4. Um, I just think the Nebraska offense uh, puts its defense in too many bad situations. Tough game, but I like Iowa 37-20. All right. Well, the curtain goes up on Friday's games in Austin, Texas at 11 o'clock our time on ABC. It's the Clones. Uh, it's the Longhorns for a spot potentially in the Big 12 uh, championship. Uh, Texas is a two-point favorite, Lee. Yeah, and the Longhorns have never lost Iowa State in consecutive seasons. Look that up. Uh, they lost 23-21 last year, but Texas was a seven-point underdog in that game. Another one of the many underdog covers for Tom Herman. Um, Texas is the favorite here. Looks like it'll stay that way, or at least at, at the most go down to a pick em. Uh This season in Big 12 play, Texas has failed to cover as a chalk in all their Big 12 games against West Virginia, TCU, Baylor, and also Texas Tech. Uh, they have two weeks to prepare, and it might help them as far as injuries, also for Sam Erlinger. But Brock Purdy is on Erlinger's level. Uh, they've always gone to their tight ends. Now the receivers are starting to emerge. They have uh, the best, maybe uh, one of the top three running backs in the country right now in Hall. And uh, I think they're going to get it done here. I like Iowa State here, 34-28. Iowa State with the win and, of course, the cover as a dog. We finish up in the NFL. Kansas City taking on Tampa Bay. Games in Tampa Number at three is what you have for us here, Lee, as we await uh, coming off that Monday night performance from Tampa. What do you got? Yeah, so I, I think Tampa Bay's close, but it's the little things. Uh, 
You saw like on third down, first series that Rams had the ball. Third and about three, what do they do? Jump off sides on defense. Uh, then Tom Brady, a couple guys, a couple situations, you know, just misses on the fingertips. And and it, it might eventually happen, but I just don't think they're there yet. And then Tam, Tom Brady's last interception, I don't think he've, I've ever seen him throw such a poor pass. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still trying to figure out who he's throwing it to, so... Uh, maybe there's a miscommunication or something, but that happens. New quarterback, new receivers. Um, I, I'm I'm going to go. I, I think that uh, I think Kansas City's just too much, too many weapons. I think they win this game here, 35-24. Mm. Well, back to the college ranks for your game of the week. It's Indiana. It's Maryland. Indiana played Ohio State incredibly difficult. Maryland with uh, Tua's brother uh, certainly looks as though they have a pulse this year. It's the, your game of the week. If our listeners want any more information, Lee, how do they get a hold of you? All they need to do is just call me, 800-400-9741. First 10 callers, we'll give them that Indiana-Maryland game for free. Let's hope that uh, the game gets played. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, uh, turkey shootout time. Uh, 15 games from Thursday. And, and Thursday's one of my biggest games of the of the entire weekend. Uh, so you want to get involved. 15 games. Normally it's 197. We knocked it to 147 last uh, last year, we gave out three free games last weekend, and uh, all three of them hit went 3-0 for everyone. So it's just $97. Wow. my way saying thank you. $97 for 15 games. It's an instant download. And uh, I also have Double Down December. That starts six weeks of games through Monday, January 4th. Uh, just three ninety seven with coupon code SAVE200. Six weeks of my phone service. So we're red hot. Nine out of 12 winning weeks.